Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Jordan, Montana. I'm very excited to introduce a brand new series, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast and listening to this. I hope that you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. We are in part 17, and everybody is just excited that I'm actually moving on to the next number, right? It's not like I do like several different parts or anything, only all the time. And today's title is Appointed, and we're found first off in Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 4, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for who you are and what you do. I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful day today. Reading your word, fellowshipping with one another, visiting and praising you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we are in part 16. If you would like to actually uh, view past series or listen to them, you can go to agjordanmt.com, and all of them are there. The links are there. If, for whatever reason, you are finding yourself at home and you want to visit the live stream, the link to the live stream is actually on the website as well. Um, as well as it is on the Facebook page and stuff like that. So there's multiple different ways. But you can find it on, uh, if you go into iTunes and you research and search up Jordan Assembly of God Church, you will find it um, on iTunes or Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, or Podbean. So um, you're like, what's Podbean? It's a very, very cool just little app that plays a bunch of podcasts. So, So there you are. In Hebrews, and you you can get back to Hebrews because we're going to be going into verses 5 through 9. So if you want to start making your way there, you can go ahead. And we're talking about appointed. And as I am apt to do, I went into the 1828 dictionary because I just love going in the past and I love looking up the original words of something. And I look up appointed, and it means fixed, set, established, decreed. And you're like, okay, so fixed, it's a set thing. It's something that is appointed to. It is something that is there. What you may not understand is, though, when you are appointed, it also means to equip with the things necessary to do the job. With whatever you are needing to do that, when you are appointed to do it, you're not just dropped in the middle of nothing without anything in there. Has anybody had those jobs? The the person doesn't know how to get it done, but they know that they want to get it done. So they put you in charge of it, and, and you just have to figure it out. When you're appointed to do something, the actual official word of that is not only are you set to do the job, but everything that you need to do that job is provided. 
Everything that is needed for that area is provided. So God appointed the infinite Messiah. We had that discussion way, way back ago about the infinite Messiah several Sundays ago. Um, and at a set point in time, revealed the infinite Messiah to the finite. We would be the finite. Hebrews, or the book of Hebrews, is a bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It bridges that gap. It makes a lot of link. Now, there are a lot of people like myself who feel that Paul is the one that wrote Hebrews, but technically speaking, there's a lot of argument and discussion about who actually wrote Hebrews and stuff like that. So, and if you ever want to have that discussion, I would be more than willing to actually do because I like those kind of discussions. <clears throat> Some people don't. So, but Hebrews goes on to prove that the Messiah was appointed by linking the Old Testament with the New Testament. Because in Hebrews, it goes on to say, in the same chapter, in chapter 1, in verse 5, it says this, For to which of the angels did he, meaning God, ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. That verse in verse 8 verse 8 and 9, is quoting Psalms 45, 1 through 7, if you'll flip with me there. Psalms 45, 1 through 7. And we find out that a scripture verse, because of the revelation of what God is doing in the book of Hebrews, we're finding out the link that in the book of Psalms, when, when, the, um, when the sons of Korah wrote this, there was a prophecy that was in there. And in Psalms 45, 1 through 7, it goes like this. My heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one, which, by the way, mighty one, meaning God, with your glory and your majesty, and in your majesty, ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. Oh, let's see here. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. 
Why is it so very important that we prove through prophecy that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah? I don't know. It seemed kind of important to Matthew, and it seemed kind of important to Mark, and it seemed kind of important to John and Luke, and pretty much the entire New Testament basically going through is trust Trust Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah. Trust him, for he is the one who gave his life for you. Trust in him, for he is the one where your salvation comes through. Jesus was set and appointed to do everything that he needed to do, and everything was there. His disciples, the 12, those were chosen, even, even the one that betrayed him. even the one that betrayed him. Every single one of those were chosen. God appointed the Messiah. It's not by man. Man doesn't come over and say, oh, I think this person would make a great, good Messiah. I think this person is our Messiah. And we're warned in the scriptures when people are starting to say, you know, this one is it, and this one is it, or that one is it. That is not the case. That is not the one that you need to be looking for. We are warned by those things. There's going to be many times where there's going to be a lot of things and a lot of people that we're going to want to follow. There's even today, there's a lot of people that they follow the person instead of following the relationship with God. It's very important to understand that in the scriptures, it talks about you focusing on God as your father. It's very important that we have that relationship with the Father and that we're walking with Him, that we're following after Him. God appointed the infinite Messiah. He also anointed. He set apart in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. In Isaiah 61, Chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Where, where was Jesus found? He wasn't found with the rich. He wasn't found with the wealthy. I mean, he did go amongst them, but he was found with the sinners. He was found with the, with the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. What? Okay, so you might think, well, that's weird, Greg. We, just, we went from God's love to God's vengeance. Why is that important? Well, because here's the thing, is that that is justice for everybody that is around. That is justice. Where there is no justice, you cannot have freedom. Where there is no justice, you cannot have a fairness. You cannot have anything operating. You must have justice. And that's why it says to comfort all who mourn. There has to be a justice, and God is that justice. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. God appointed, set in place, prepared the way, and anointed, set apart. So not only proof of the prophecy, but it's also proof, here's the thing, 
that when God says he's going to do something, he does it. Why is that important? Um, if you've never had an issue in your life where there was nobody that can give an answer that the only person that you had to trust in is God because God was the only one that was the answer, if you have not had that yet in your life, trust me, this will make way more sense once you hit that because here's the thing. When I get on my knees and I pray, I'm not praying with empty words. I'm not praying with an empty trust. I'm praying to a God who has proven himself time upon time upon time again that he fulfills every single thing he says. And when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And when I get on my knees, no matter what dark time that we are at, no matter what dark hour I am in, when I get on my knees, I know that there is always one that is walking me through whatever area in my life I'm going through. Knowing about God and his authority and about Jesus as the Messiah and his authority and honoring that authority is so very important. And understanding that we, when we follow the Messiah, when we follow Jesus, when we listen to God the Father, when we follow after him, that we are also fully equipped to do exactly what we are called to do. That there is not a day that, do, that goes by that God doesn't know exactly what is needed. Now, do you know what's going to happen that day? No, but God knows exactly what's going to happen that day. And as long as you are following after him, you're going to be able to react in the way that you were supposed to react. And that will come into play here in a little bit. In Matthew 28, 16 through 20, this is the appointment. Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20. Matthew, the very first book in the New Testament. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. There's that word again, appointed for them. So if that means this, then you can actually look at that and everything was set up and put in place for everything that they needed. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. All the nations. Notice that. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. It says, Only pastors go and make No, it doesn't say that. Only those people who feel like it. No, doesn't say that. He says to you and I and anybody who's following after the Messiah to go, therefore, and make disciples of the nations. But I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know this. I don't know that. I need to do this first. I need to do that first. It doesn't say any of that. It says you go. 
for all authority has been granted to him and he commands those make make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's a very interesting commandment when we actually take that on ourselves and understand that if we're following after Jesus, it means to follow after. It means that we are walking after in the likeness of. We are following after. We are learning what he does and we're learning how to do it. We're learning how to love one another. We're learning how to care for one another. We're learning how to forgive one another. We're learning how to, oh, I don't know, ask for forgiveness when we make mistakes. Jesus never made a mistake, but then he did instruct us that if we have something that we have had a problem with another person and we need to ask for forgiveness, we go to them immediately and we ask for forgiveness. So then if God, who we have scripturally proven, accomplishes what he says, appointed Jesus and fully decreed and established and as well as fully equipped and fully ready to preach the kingdom of God, then we who have believed in faith through his grace, being fully equipped, but then we say, my life is chaotic, my life is turmoil, my life has fill in the blank. Here's an interesting question. Why are lives chaotic when God brings peace? Why are lives angry when God brings love? Why are lives filled with turmoil when God brings comfort? How can I say that God has fully prepared us? Let us review. By the Messiah, we find salvation from sin, which is separation of us and God. I'm going to highlight this very, very much right now. Sin is not God's fault. And do that again. Sin is not God's fault. The sin in the world is the reason why we have the bad things that are going on. Because God is good. Sin in the world is what allows people to make the freedom to choice to either love one another or hate one another. The sin in the world is actually what we're dealing with, but it is not God's fault. God has done everything he can to repair that bridge, but he, it's him doing the work. God created, God set in place, God is good. Interesting that we find time to actually blame him for the bad when everything bad goes on. You were appointed to follow him. You were not appointed to sin. We are born in sin, but we were never appointed to sin. Why do you think life is chaotic? Where sin is. You were not equipped to handle sin or the effects of sin. How do I know this to be true? From sin and the effects of sin comes depression, PTSD, guilt, shame, either from the wrongdoings of yourself or the wrongdoings of others. I'm not putting the blame on everybody. I'm just saying it's either which one of those. 
The reasons why we're in the situations that we are in today is because of decisions that people have made going through. What happens? God brings about a difference in Jesus. What does he say? Love your neighbor. What does he say? Love your enemies. What does he say? Forgive. God doesn't prepare you for sin. He prepares you for good. Does the good deal with the effects of sin? Oh yeah, we do. Do we deal with the effects of other people making decisions? Yes. But good has peace in the midst of trouble, love in the midst of anger, forgiveness in the midst of wrongs. If in, not in the midst of, but in, i.e., you find yourself angry, you find yourself mad, you find yourself reacting wrong, then that means your life has things that are opposite of what God brings. Where in your life are you agreeing with sin? Because sin brings everything opposite of what God brings. So the real question is, if you're finding, not that you're in the midst of the chaos, because we're always in the midst of chaos in some way, shape, or form. Being in the midst of chaos is not a problem. But it's when chaos is found in here, that's where there's a problem. So what I'm saying is, what dark door have you not dealt with? What dark hour has popped up? What giant has popped up in your life that is causing the chaos within? Because God doesn't bring fear. God doesn't bring anger. God doesn't bring those kind of things. So when you find something like that in yourself, you have to do a really, really hard look at what giant you're dealing with at that point. This is not a guilt thing. This is a be honest with yourself thing. Maybe you need to go and ask for forgiveness for something. Maybe you need to spend some time in prayer and give the thing that you really are hanging on to to God and allow him to take care of it. Maybe you need to allow your life to walk peacefully instead of walking in the chaos that you think it needs to be. Because God gives peace in the midst of everything. God gives love in the midst of everything. God even says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Well, let's see here. Who? I think that was David, wasn't it? That was there. Have you read his story? <laughs> I'm just saying, not as a guilt thing. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. That would be that giant, by the way. But according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. I was reading my notes and I got to this point where it says, if, you, if inside you are angry, what are you allowing in your life? And I was like, oh. One second. 
I'm just being real and being honest. I'm human being just like everybody else is. All I'm saying is that there are some point in time where you need to actually deal with the dark doors and there are some point in time when you get out your knee on your knees and you go to pray and God taps you on the shoulder and says, you know what, by the way, there's something that we need to deal with right now. There's something that you need to take care of right now. The fruit of the Spirit doesn't grow in the situation. It grows in the midst of the situation because its roots are not founded in what is going on, but in who. It's not founded in what is going on. The Holy Spirit, the, the fruit of the Spirit is founded in you. Sometimes there's some weeds that need to be pulled. Just saying. God appointed Jesus and called us to himself through Jesus, his son, so that we may do what we are appointed to do, and that is to follow after him. We were appointed, we were called to follow after him. Turns out everybody has that ability to come to that knowledge of salvation. That's the reason why we love our enemies. Why? Because deep down, we really truly want our enemies, or God wants the enemies to actually become brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants people to come to know him through Jesus. But he doesn't lower his standards for them. What he did was he provided a way for that person to be taken and brought up into his presence. You are appointed, set apart. So my challenge for you, as apparently I'm dealing with it as well too, because God is walking me through, and if, I'm not saying you do, but if you have dark doors or dark hours or giants in your life, God does not give a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. If you're feeling angry, I understand. So what dark door or what dark hour do you need to actually deal with? What giant do you need to deal with? Because anger does not come from God. Love comes from God. Bitterness doesn't come from God. Forgiveness comes from God. See, you can't be bitter with a person when you've forgiven them. You can't be angry with a person when you love them and forgive them. You can't hold things against them when you love them and forgive them. Need I remind you that the one that we follow after took it all the way to the cross, and when he was on the cross, he looked at the ones that did it to him, and what did he say? This blows me away every single time. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. There goes my right to hold on to anything against any other person around, isn't it? That kind of just defeats every single thing. There's a pastor who I had struggles with, by the way, who I learned a lot from, but I struggled with him. He said this, 
When you come to the cross, your ability to have rights goes away. Because it all becomes about Jesus Christ and him crucified. So my challenge to you is a little bit big one. It's probably the rest of your life. I don't know, it's probably for me. What giant are you dealing with in your life? Are you feeling angry? Are you struggling with sin? Are you having things that are like keep on bubbling up and keep on slapping you? Don't compromise. Do not allow. Do not excuse. Call it out for what it is. And then concentrate on the solution. And if you need to, find a friend. Find a brother or a sister in Christ who you trust, who you can share things with and they don't go anywhere, who you can confide in and it doesn't go anywhere. It stays right there. And you can say, you know what? I really struggle with this in my life. I really need some help right now. I really need some encouragement right now. They can't fix it for you, but sometimes it is good to actually be able to talk something out and just hear the fact that you are admitting to something that maybe you struggle with admitting to even yourself. Here's the thing. When, stay, when sin stays in the darkness, it grows. When you allow the light to hit it, it cannot grow anymore. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the victory that you give. I want to thank you for just the, the ministry of salvation that you give. And that, Father, that we have that victory in you, that we have that salvation. doesn't make us perfect people, but what it makes us is it, is it, it gives us a heart desire to follow after you and a heart desire to love the people around us. And I pray, Father, that we may deal with those giants, those dark hours, and those dark doors. And I pray, Father, that you may heal our hearts and minds and that you may bring healing to our land, healing to the people around, healing to our community, healing to our county, healing to our area, I pray, Father, that you be glorified in our hearts and in our minds. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and taking the time. I hope that you enjoyed this series. If you would like to follow this podcast as well as other podcasts, you may go to agjordanmt.com. I hope you have a wonderful day.